0: We got it all connected, and I'm so glad to be able to spend some time with Jason Sneed is the executive director of Honest Election Project, a former senior policy analyst in the Edwin Meese III Center for Legal and Judicial Studies at the Heritage Foundation. Let's talk a little about the most recent quotes in the Washington Post about the risk of voter fraud and the necessity of that uh, a clear voter lists uh, amid the coronavirus, are so important. Jason, good morning. Thanks very much for talking with us. Voter fraud, that e- that phrase even is never going to go away, is it?
1: No, it's not, and uh, with good reason, because it happens in American elections, and uh, voters expect our elected officials to do everything that they can to ensure that the vote is fair, that the vote is accurate, and that no one is defrauding the system.
0: Right, and I, I hear on occasion from some that have been uh, uh, staunch supporters of the thought that there is no voter fraud have said, okay, there's a little voter fraud, but I have not seen any evidence that it is widespread and uh, 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 election-changing voter fraud. So, you know, like, uh, I suppose, like the number of people who speed on the freeway. There's a bunch of people doing it, but not enough people to cause some kind of a huge problem. What do you tell those people?
1: Well, I tell them that it is not necessary for us to find a nationwide voter fraud conspiracy for us to take this issue seriously. There are a lot of elections that are decided by slim margins, some uh, even by a single vote, some even tied. And in those close elections, it only takes a few fraudulent ballots to affect the outcome. And this has happened time and time again in in recent years, where election outcomes have had to be thrown out and elections redone because enough fraudulent ballots were cast to affect the outcome. Uh, This happened most recently and, and, and most infamously in 2018 in North Carolina, where a congressional race was thrown out because of widespread tampering with absentee ballots. And so this is a very serious issue. And it's something that when people step back uh, from the politics of the moment and give it a little bit of a thought, I think most voters agree that we need to do what we can to stop voter fraud.
0: All right. Uh, There are some voters that don't feel that the voter fraud issue is big enough to do anything. So let me ask you this. Assuming that there is some, is there a way to please both sides of this argument, that there is, that there isn't? Here's what we're going to do to uh, uh, ensure that there isn't. That will make everybody happy. Is there a way to do that?
1: Well, I think that voting should always be, um, you know, easy to do, but it should also be hard to cheat. And I think that's the way that it has been throughout uh, most, you know, particularly recent American history is, is election officials have realized the, uh, the, the evident danger of voter fraud and have taken steps to correct it. What we need to do is we need to get the politics out of the equation. Most voters, if you look at opinion polls, will tell you, 75 or 80% of voters will tell you, that elections deserve to be protected with laws like photo identification requirements, because if it's important enough to protect the lives of airline passengers, if it's important enough to stop minors from buying alcohol, then our elections are just as important. Um, But that's what we need to do, is we need to change the conversation away from you know, treating rules that, that guarantee clarity and guarantee integrity as barriers and instead talk about them as safeguards that ensure that only registered voters are casting ballots and they guarantee that the results will clearly show who wins an election. That's what we need to be talking about. These rules are designed to do that and prevent our elections from becoming a free-for-all.
0: But, Jason, all of my supporters don't have a driver's license. Most of my supporters don't have picture ID, and in states that require a picture ID, in some cases, the picture ID isn't even acceptable. In Wisconsin, uh, college students that have a picture ID for school, that's not acceptable. You have to go out and get a special, I can vote now, here's my ID kind of ID. That makes it more difficult. Why can't authorities nationwide choose some form of identification that's easy to uh, access, for old people and young people and everybody and allow them to vote. I mean, I don't disagree that that uh, identification is important, but in some cases it even that's hard to get.
1: Well, uh, the fact is that identification is virtually ubiquitous in American society. And almost every one of us, on a fairly routine basis, sometimes multiple times a day, will be asked to produce a photographic identification. And uh, it's also important to note that in those states that do require photo IDs, they'll provide free ones to individuals who don't have a driver's license or one of the other usually fairly lengthy uh, lists of acceptable forms of photographic ID. There are often good reasons not to use college identification, because college students sometimes if they're from out of state, do not change their residency and are still officially registered to vote in a different state. And if the whole point of these sorts of laws is to help, uh, among other things, to make sure that only people who are lawful and eligible voters in a particular jurisdiction are casting ballots in that jurisdiction, it's important that we use ID that will at least reasonably satisfy that requirement. And college IDs often do not.
0: What kind of identification would cover everybody's concern? That would be a nationwide acceptable identification.
1: Well, I'm not sure that we need to go to a single uh, nationwide standard here. Uh, any state that has a photographic ID requirement will accept a driver's license, and driver's licenses are, you know, fairly ubiquitous and easily obtainable. But they will, as I said, also provide voter identification cards if uh, other forms of identification are not uh, uh, are not in the possession of the individual voter. And one other thing is that for those states that do have some sort of ID requirement but not a photographic ID, the list is lengthy. You can sometimes bring something as easily obtainable as a bill or a utility statement from your uh, place of residence. And as long as it has your name and your registered address on it, then the, the, the requirement is satisfied.
0: Right. When, and if that's the case, then we simply need some of those states who are trying to be real picky about it. You've got to have a driver's license. Yeah, but my 92-year-old mom doesn't have a driver's license. The, the answer can't be, well, I guess she doesn't vote. you got to get her over to the DMV to get a voter ID card. That's probably not going to happen either. That's not easy, as we talked about at the beginning.
1: Well, I think that uh you know there are going to be cases like this and the answer is as states have adopted it. I mean some states have even gone to being uh providers of ID cards through uh through mobile uh uh stations. So they'll actually come to you in some cases. You know, we don't want to create these sorts of, of barriers, obviously, and I think that the the way that we tackle this needs to be we, we establish the baseline rule that works for the vast majority of people, and then we figure out what carve-outs we need to ensure that people like your mother will be able to easily obtain an ID that will serve that purpose. We certainly don't want to, I think, be going the other way around, which is creating a rule that is designed to meet the um, the few and, and then you know basically walk away from the safety and security benefits that voter ID provides and that doesn't generally provide any sort of barrier for the vast majority of people. I think that's the way that we need to go about this so that no qualified eligible voter is ever turned away from being able to cast a ballot. As
0: many people as possible should be uh, able easily to vote. Jason Sneed, Executive Director of the Honest Election Project, thanks very much for talking with us this morning. We will undoubtedly talk again, I'm sure, many times between now and the election.